What's your view on the Hall of Fame right now? Baseball Hall of Fame, let's start with that. Then we can extrapolate a bit to the other Hall of Fames. Um, yeah, well, I guess the Hall of Fame, you know, for baseball ties into my PD stance, which I, I don't want to make this about my PD stance, but I think it's important to know kind of where I stand. Like, you know, for me, like Ben Johnson was the world's fastest man in 1988. And to me, he's Canada's first gold medal winning 100 meter sprinter. And I'm not quite like where Bill Burr has gone on by saying like, oh, I want to see a guy run the 100 meter like 2.8 seconds. But <laughs> but anti-doping is just the, I don't do a lot of reading but I do have done a lot on anti-doping and the various people and I can cite to you all the people that I've read over the years and how much of a failed experiment and it, it really starts with the name anti-doping it's true story I um there's a Portuguese church here in the greater Toronto area they had a subcommittee within the Portuguese church called like anti-philanderer task force. They had a cute name for it in Portuguese, but that's basically what it was. It's like, okay. can you think of something like, you know, let's, let's create legislation that like is anti-gun in Chicago. Like there's some things that are just like, yeah, you maybe could get rid of it in society, but drugs are so prevalent. It's part of the human experience that just ridiculous. Um, I'm more of the side where I, I would love to take, I would love to see anti-doping turned into something of like sports medicine best practices you know where we study the effects of it and whatnot so with that in mind like i really see barry bonds as like almost doing nothing wrong um i could care less if you call him a cheater or not that that you know um i really don't care about deputizing what athletes put in their bodies and uh, to me calling them cheaters i would get rid of those pejoratives and really move the conversation with more research, with more scrutiny, like we've done with cannabis over the years, which in our lifetime has changed. Like we dealt with like reefer madness, the same shit that like was going on in the 60s, 70s. And now it's like my son is about to have, you know, cannabis type, um, I don't know, cannabis extracted, you know, medication for, for his autism, for example. So we've mm. come a very long way. Uh, Barry Bonds for me, it's very simple. Um, he should be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, it's kind of like what Isaiah Thomas said in The Last Dance. I don't know what went into this process, but I met the criteria and I wasn't selected. And I just pulled up the Baseball Hall of Fame. And it's funny, they, their mission statement, I'm reading it right here, preserving history, honoring excellence, connecting generations. The Hall of Fame mission is to preserve the sport's history. Um, likewise, the institution functions as a research library and museum. And it's like, wow, you guys consider yourselves a museum? Because last time I've been into like a World War II museum, <laughs> they, they talk about the Nazis, they talk about Mussolini. Yeah. So I think what these baseball writers have done is they've been, they have a very simple ask, and that is to like paint the picture of baseball generation and celebrate its greatness. And what they've done with Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, Sammy Sosa, McGuire, A-Rod, you know, ostensibly they're erasing a huge portion of baseball, not not just like baseball players or baseball mode, no, no, like 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 a section of the sport. Um, so that's my simple case for what 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 they're doing is wrong. And I would say that for Barry Bonds, I you know whether it's you know you'll hear guys like um, you'll hear guys like you know Harold Reynolds, who I think is just jealous because. 
he was never as good as Barry Bonds. He'll say that like, you know, the difference, oh, the difference between me and Barry Bonds was he was on steroids and I wasn't like, no, the difference was that the, day he was, <laughs> the difference was the day that Barry Bonds was born. He was better than the day you were born. And Barry Bonds was better than you at age 10 than you were at age 10 and so on and so forth. Um, I have no problem with some baseball writers being well-intentioned because maybe, who knows, maybe there is a baseball writer in like, you know, Streetwater, Texas, who saw a kid like, destroy his life over peds and that stuck with him and maybe he's like i'm anti-pd because i've you know he's got some anecdotal reference but we just know that's not the case with the majority of these baseball writers they they're these fat white dudes they only know baseball <laughs> they're the equivalent of baseball like cosplay like they're the equivalent of baseball fanboy cosplays like internet wrestling fans or you know, <laughs> nerds who go or nerds that go see mcu movies um, they like to virtue signal because they're often boomers who tell stories. Oh, my daddy told me that Mickey Mantle and Ted Williams and Roger Maris all played baseball the right way. And they have a certain worldview that these men, you know, the guys that I just listed are cheaters. They're un-American and unworthy of being in the baseball hall of fame. You know, they perceive their job as being something way more serious than what they have. <laughs> I, I, I like they're baseball players. You're you're, you're 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 feeling miserably. You just you have one job, and that's to put these guys in the Hall of Fame. Also, I'll defend other guys that aren't in there, like Pete Rose and Kurt Schilling. Like Kurt Schilling is like this QAnon nut bar, but he absolutely deserves in the Hall of Fame. And I know he's being punished for his for his right wing views. Pete Rose gambling, okay. Roberto Alomar, if you remember, he's now he's in the Hall of Fame, but you know he got me too. He's 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 no longer a, a Blue Jay Hall of Fame guy. Like he's like Blue Jays are erasing him. Um, oh yeah, okay. Yeah, and and baseball writers they do another cute thing. They have this thing where it's like, oh, let's you might be a Hall of Fame, but you're not a first ballot Hall of Fame. Whatever the fuck that means. So Roberto <laughs> Alomar was not a first ballot Hall of Famer because he had that spitting incident, right? So now they're like, again, they're putting themselves. Again, they're putting themselves on a pedestal where they're so important that, you know, they're like, you know, oh, yeah, he's a Hall of Famer. He's not a first ballot Hall of Famer. So he's not going on my ballot this year. We're going to punish him and we're going to put him on the next year. Um, I know you don't care for Canadian media, but, you know, it, it should be noted that uh, Stephen Brunt, who, how do I say this? He removed himself from being a baseball writer because he didn't want to be part of a, quote, referendum on Did TV. Did Passan also do that? I think I missed this part in... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, 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 you're probably right. So, but I, I just know Stephen Brunt because at the time I, I remember applauding him for it. But now it's like, man, we need an adult in the room. You would have been great. Like, like that, I think that's what this is missing. The, the thing that I've been reading is like the younger baseball writers are putting, you know, but they're only coming in at a rate of like five to eight a year clip. You know, there's just not enough of them. these old white boomers are still there, and there's just not enough of these young people. So clearly, young people have, you know. Maybe they're my age, our age, maybe a bit younger. Maybe they saw a bit of Bond. But clearly they're like looking at it from a different point of view. And, um, and you know, at least the Canadian writers, these old, you know, these old heads are taking their job seriously. The, the contrarian one is Steve Simmons, who I've always liked here in Canada. He's kind of the, the shit disturber. He's Mr. Baseball tradition all of a sudden. But then again, he does write for The Sun and these other guys write for like better publications. So I'm not surprised that their worldview is more sophisticated. Um, but that's my stance, man. Barry Bonds in so, baseball writers, shame on you. You're not doing your job. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> Here's the thing. 
they can't get in by the, the they, they've passed Barry Bonds and other players have passed the um, whatever the number of times it is. I don't know, forget the expiry. Like I forget the phrase, but like they had a number of times to get into the Hall of Fame. El- eligibility window. The eligibility. That's it. Sorry. Yeah, they didn't. They they passed their eligibility, but they can still be inducted in the Hall of Fame by some other committee, can't they? Correct. Veterans Committee being the most prominent one, and that's probably the one they're going to get into. There's a, a couple of other subcommittees, but yes, um, I have no doubt they're going to get in one day. So that's I just hope fine, that not, isn't it? Is that not fine? They're going to be in the Hall yeah, of Fame I mean, anyway. I mean, I mean, I, I want Barry Bonds to at least be, you know, um, you know, have his faculties in order when he's saying a speech. I want the same for Roger Clemens. I, you know, like that's kind of like what does WWE do? Like they <laughs> they put Macho Man Randy Savage like after he's dead. You know what I mean? It's just like like yeah, there's like you know time is time is luck, man. So. Oh, yeah. well, I think Macho died even before they were doing Hall of Fame, weren't they? I don't know, I can um, about that the point is how many WWE Hall of Famers have gone in um, and they're no longer a part of the company? Like, Well, that's, what, that's not because they're not inducted fast enough. That's that's because, you know, the life that they have the other issues in wrestling, like the old times. You're, 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 you're absolutely right. But like if, if the Veterans Committee is going to take probably another 10 years so now you're asking these like 60 year olds to be 70 like you know (laughs) so you know an argument was put forward that they should be in the hall of fame because it's the history of baseball but it is cheating because there's a rule you're like the fact is you can't say it's not cheating if there's a rule and then you like or wait wait, there's a rule after the fact that's true you're right it was so barry bonds was right yeah, yeah. Barry Bonds was subject to testing, which he never failed, just like Lance Armstrong. Um, okay. And that gets into the gray, and and then and this gets into the gray area. Like again, I, I, you know, I would tell our listeners like there's tons of great literature out there. There's you know, for, first of all, uh, uh from the movie Icarus, the Russian doctor, he's released tons of um, literature. Um, Michelle Ferrari, who's, you know, was Lance Armstrong's guy, like he's released literature on PEDs. The thing is like, and and again, like, you know, um, going back to um, Harold Reynolds, you know, he said so matter of factly, like PEDs obviously enhance, you know, um, you know, performance, which, which is true. Like, you know, Chael Sonnen goes, I never, what Chael Sonnen says so perfectly in such a heel, he's like, you know, when I went to the doctor and got for PEDs, I didn't ask him for the stuff that didn't work. I asked him for the stuff that's actually performance enhancing. Like, no idiot's gonna go to the doctor and like, yeah, doc, give me the stuff that give me the stuff that's illegal and doesn't work. Like, of course. Um, but the fact still remains is that baseball writers are not equipped to be strength and conditioning coaches. Former players aren't even equipped to do that. They're not. Um, they're they're not biochem students. They're 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 um, they're not any of these things. And furthermore, we just don't have the evidence of how drugs affect elite, elite athletes because there just is no literature on it. It's still, we're still in the war on drugs. We're still in the stone age when it comes to this stuff. So, but we know enough to know that like, listen, EPO has a great effect. Um, testosterone has a great effect, you know, endogenous or otherwise. Um, we know these things work. We just don't know to what rate. 
And the more and more research we do, it's, it's always a give and take, like EPO works, but like, you know, you can also get the same effects as EPO if you just are a little bit more patient and are willing to not get the effects within 48 hours, but maybe you're willing to do it within a six week cycle. Point I'm trying to make is like, yes, these guys are the traditional um, classification of like cheaters, if you want to put, and I'm using that in quotation marks. But we just don't have enough evidence to really brand them with how much they cheated because there's just the evidence just isn't there. And in lieu of that, you know, David Ortiz gets in um, when he has suspicions. Jeff Bagwell's got in. We know about oh, the enemy. David Ortiz, I think he was never really known. Yes, he was. He they they covered up a, a failed test of his. But but wait, that spoke about. But, well, they don't know what was being tested for. And also that report that was not supposed to have been leaked. That was leaked, like, neither, wasn't, neither was, wasn't supposed to neither, neither was the Bond's testimony about Balco. You know, like, like, like you're, you're asking, like, like you know, the, the thing with Bond that's, that's so interesting, it's, it's, we know what we know about Bond because of snitching. We know that it was... You know, it was Travis Tigar and Jeff Nowitzki going through like Victor Conte's mail and garbage and digging up all this stuff. Like it wasn't, it wasn't testing. It was straight up snitching. It was like stuff that they weren't, you know, I, I don't know how the court mm-hmm. systems work with this stuff, but like, but it's not like, it's not like Barry Bonds took a test that was accredited by Major League Baseball and he failed. That never happened. Of course, we know mm-hmm. he just, his body transformed. And his numbers went through the roof. But guess what? So did Jose Bautista's. And you know what they blame Jose Bautista's um, uptick in home runs for? That Cito Gaston heard that he had a new uppercut swing. And he noticed that because he the sound was different from his bat. And he then told his hitting coach, tell Jose, whatever he's doing, stick with it. Because the, the, his swing has never sounded better. Sounded better. You know? And we're supposed to assume that, you know, Jose No, you Bautista don't believe that. No, 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 no. I, 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 I could care less. Again, I'm the P. Okay. Guy that, like, I, I could care less whether it was whether Jose Bautista took Brock Lesnar um, style shipment <laughs> of whatever, or if it was Greek yogurt. I don't care. I need evidence. I live in a fact based. Uh, my worldview is, is fact based, and I want to get. I want to remove anti-doping and move it into sports science. And okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's a fair take and it's valid take. Um, okay, so and and, and 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 to that, I don't think baseball writers are in a position to make like they're they're they want to talk about fairness, you know, and you know, and and to me, making a fairness claim as opposed to a meritocracy claim is two different things. Again, their job is to look at Barry Bonds' numbers and, you know, you know, was he ever suspended? No. Done. Hall of Fame. It's really that simple. And what I would say, I actually have some solutions for all this. I'll just give you one quickly. You know, the Supreme Court, like the Supreme Court will like hear cases and you'll basically have like a, um, you'll have like an Antonin Scalia who's like, you know, He's, he's, he, you know, the, the, the constitution is perfectly written and he never wanted to, he traded like the gospel of, you know, of, of biblical text. 
and he'll rule on like say a pro-choice issue and he'll say nay or nay and like but he'll say like he'll agree with the pro-choice stance even though his worldview is um, pro-life and he'll give like you know a detailed preamble about it right that'd be so simple for these baseball writers they can a baseball writer for example like Fatty McFat from you know Toledo, Ohio, beat reporter for like beat reporter for like the Cincinnati Reds can say like it's terrible that Barry Bonds represents the sport that I love. Um, we know he cheated. However, he meets the meritocracy standards that we have um, that we have held for all of our life because baseball is a hard Hall of Fame to get into. How hard? Um, Carlos Delgado and Joe Carter. First year of eligibility, gone. They didn't even meet the 60% standard. They were gone the first year. Joe Carter not in the Hall of Fame, eh? Joe Carter didn't even make it past year one. Now that it Carlos Delgado. Yeah, the and most if, if, famous if, home run in the world. And and, and and if and if you think about it, Joe Carter, who's Joe Carter and who's Carlos Delgado? They're like the Reggie Millers of baseball. Reggie Miller's a Hall of Famer. So that just show you like that's how hard it is to make it into the baseball hall of fame. They they are the creme de la creme. They they pride themselves on that. I have no issue with that. How but, can I not make the Hall of Fame? Two-time World Series champion, two-time Silver Slugger, five-time All-Star. Okay. Not even a sniff, man. Not even a sniff. And it's so hard to make it into the Hall of Fame that we're just going to – you ever play like – like you ever play like Uno or Monopoly with like your son or like another toddler and they're just making up the rules as they go along? <laughs> like, okay, well, yeah, it's just like, no, I'm sorry. Um, it's not my turn. I My card's red. Like, what you know um so i think that's what a lot of these baseball writers are doing they're just like yeah but you know when it comes when it, when it comes to barry bonds I, I i really do so i would think that you know if, if these baseball writers want to save face and you know a lot of them are anonymous a lot of them are not a lot of them are proud of their vote you know along uh, something that would go a long way is to like listen guys these are the rules of the baseball hall of fame so you might not like putting Barry Bonds in the Hall of Fame, but you kind of have to. But don't worry, you don't have to call him the greatest player ever. You don't have to call him the greatest hitter of all time. In fact, in addition to putting him into the Hall of Fame, which you know you have to do because, like, you know, that's your job. But state why, state why you don't think he's worthy of, you know, why he shouldn't be lionized, why he shouldn't be a hero, why he should be vilified. And that should be in the record. So when you go to Cooperstown and you look up Barry Bonds, you can look up all these jabroni writers <laughs> and, and, and they can air their grievance as to like, you know, yeah, Barry Bonds in the Hall of Fame, but, you know, um, regrettably, he's in the Hall of Fame for reasons X, Y, Z. Like that way you get your shit in, you, you become like the little stupid baseball mark that you are. Um <laughs> And, uh, and you, you get to have your moment of fame because you clearly think people care about your opinion. But, but, then, but then the Baseball Hall of Fame is not a parody, which it yeah, is not. Okay. Because, because you're potentially going to have the number one, the number two, the number three best hitter of all time not in there. You're going to have one of the best pitchers of all time. I don't know if Clemens is considered the best pitcher of all time, but very dominant. Um, and you're going to have a lot of World Series champions not in there because why? Because um, there was a period of time where there wasn't testing and PDs were clearly rampant and it took a snitch campaign and the federal government to crack down on it 
And for some reason during Bush era, you know, war on terrorism, fighting like two different wars, we brought Mark McGuire into Congress <laughs> and, and Sammy Sosa, who forgot to speak English, like, <laughs> so yeah um, okay i think you make a good point i think here like the here's an what's what i think of this idea like someone floated an idea that a the mlb could have given a directive to the voters which yeah. i don't think that sounds like we didn't do like at least an advisory like this is our stance to like the whatever clauses like they get voted in or there's a clause like whatever, like the MLB has the list of this is who are the perceived cheaters. You vote them in, they can be in, but they won't be alive to do the induction. We'll induct them after they die, but they'll like, they'll be inducted, but they won't get to celebrate it. They won't be celebrated. So they're the, so they're the Russian Olympic Committee for the Olympics, <laughs> right? They don't get to wait. They don't get to sing yeah. the stupid anthem. They don't have their That's colors. Right. Okay. That's right. All right. That's right. They're in, but they'll be gone before they get to to celebrate anything we all talk about it we'll be there not them you know that's very interesting because you know when 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 baseball players go into the hall of fame it's usually their family their friends their ex-teammates i don't see any baseball writers that are there that aren't part of media right like they're not invited guests they're just there to like cover it that's really weird um <laughs> what I noticed too, what I noticed too when i went to um so i actually got a so you're right mlb would be a great directive um, I think some oversight, whether that's MLB or I don't know, maybe the Players Association would be great as well. Um, yeah. And listen, yeah, like and, but, but, and like character claims are more than fine, but you have a whole, and that's the thing, like, like Barry Bonds did not do what OJ Simpson did, which I think would have been, or what Chris Benoit did, the reason why Chris Benoit wasn't a WWE Hall of Fame. Like to me, those well, are like, okay. it's also that's it's a private entity. They control it. It's not like if you put it up to voters, like wrestling writers, I mean, they could get voted in. I think because so you're, the difference you're actually, between you're... base the difference between baseball writing, baseball writers, and I think wrestling fans. I think wrestling fans don't really have scruples. I don't think they're like oh, like baseball writers. They sit on their high horse. Like I don't think wrestling fans do that. I don't think they have you're any. Actually, you're actually bringing me to my next point, which is something yeah. that I would do. Okay. I think that I, I think that so there's there's two things involved with the um there's there's two things of recourse I think that can happen. First of all, I'm looking right now in the Baseball Hall of Fame. They, they they need crowdfunding. Like for whatever reason, this isn't like a profitable organization. That to me says that like money could easily corrupt this thing. If I'm a bored millionaire billionaire, I'm like contributing. I'm basically being like a coffer to this place, and it's just like oh. You know, you guys could really do with a new lobby at um, in the in, in Cooperstown. Uh, yeah, I'd like to donate ten million dollars. Oh, by the way, here's my list. Put them in the fucking Hall of Fame. You know, so like, there's there's no <laughs> scenario in the world where like a bored millionaire can't like have his influence and have his way for these guys. Number two, legal action. Um, you know, imagine like. Roger Clemens, I know Richard, Roger Clemens has like a baseball academy and, you know, he probably would love to have on his banner, you know, seven times Cy Young, whatever the fuck, um, you know, four time, um, three or four time World Series champion, like we're, um, baseball Hall of Fame pitcher Roger Clemens, like, I mean, you know, imagine if Christian Cage 
you know, wanted to open up a wrestling school in Toronto, you know, he would, I'm sure it would look good in terms of branding if it's a WWE Hall of Fame, you know, yeah. Christian wrestling school. Like there's, there's financial incentives. As much as people say like, fuck the Hall of Fame and all this hall is not going to define me. Mm, you know what? It's better to be in the Hall of Fame than not in the Hall of Fame. You get to wear the you get to wear the stupid jacket. You're forever lionized, and there's there's like monetary gain from it. So it's it and and it's not beyond the realm of possibility that there's a huge pocket of baseball writers anywhere from like fifty to sixty that are just completely in cahoots. You know, saying like, guys, this is our United Front. We're not going to put these guys in. Oh yeah, and the writers know and, each other. A bunch of the writers know each other. Yeah, yeah. A bunch of the writers know each other. And and, and if you could somehow um get together and you know class action this and it goes to discovery and it's found out that like this has been rampant for years that ever since you know the mitchell report came out that it was just like fuck these guys you know barry bonds was mean to me during like 2003 all-star weekend i had my wife there and i asked him a question and you know he didn't answer me like like you just you, for whatever reason you know these bush league you know guys just like feel whatever sense of of grievance and grudge that they're going to hold for years it, it's very possible this is an organized effort and you know if someone wanted to put this together if someone actually cared now the problem is that that would tip the cap of like barry bonds roger clemens they actually really care about the baseball hall of fame so that actually might put them in a position of weakness because they're actually getting together and they're like you know what we really want to be part of the hall of fame and we feel like we're getting hosed and you know meanwhile they might be in a position of strength right now saying like we don't need the hall of fame to like define our careers right so they might have to let their guard down a little bit if they were to ever take that you know legal action but i mean something's so, gotta be done and i just hope something gets done i think what you said is I, I think the mlb directive is probably the best thing going with it i'm sure the mlb maybe not with this current commissioner and he seems like he's on the way out they're having huge labor um yeah like the, the, the talks are going nowhere it's very possible that rob manford is like gone in a little time in a little wee time so it's very possible that we might get this like you know kind of progressive commissioner who's all about you know different things and diversifying the game and making the you know the game a little bit more um you know, progressive. And that might be something that he looks into is like having like an open, a very firm and blunt, you know, um, conversation with the Hall of Fame saying like, if you guys want to have this relationship, if you need funding, like you're going to have to work with us here. We want, we want our game celebrated a certain way. So what I'll say about the Hall of Fame is number one, I let all, I never really cared that much about it. Right, but what I'll say is what I do like about the Baseball Hall of Fame is the fact that the eligibility window that because I think what happens over time, everybody think everything becomes everything that's bad becomes less bad over time. That's just sort of how it works. Like if you look at the approval ratings of baseball, I mean, I'm sorry, U.S. presidents. You look at like who was the guy Harry Truman. Harry Truman was one of the most unpopular presidents ever. But by the time you get to the 90s, like how many people you heard shit talk Harry Truman today? Not that many. 
It just happens to just decrease and decrease rates. Nobody would hate him more than Trump. Nobody would hate him more than George W. Bush. George W. Bush has had a resurgence. So what happens is, is players, their careers just look different over time. And so I think having that window helps. And it didn't really work in this case because of this. We're talking specifically about the steroid situation. Um, you know, that's, you know, that's the culture of baseball. I mean, the only thing that will happen is, is as there's a generational change in the writers and the sanctimonious nature of the, of the sport changes, that's when you'll see it, just see a change, right? Because, I mean, if you, if you look at some sport like basketball, if you look at basketball in the 70s or 60s, I'm sure you had very similar kinds of mentalities around the people that played the game, right? Um, what I don't, what I, what I prefer about the Baseball Hall of Fame over the Basketball Hall of Fame is, is what I was talking about. Basketball Hall of Fame, the reason everybody can get in is because of the, the lack of a window. I think if you put in a window, I think guys wouldn't get in. Um, and I think the fact that so many guys have got in make it easier to put in another crop of guys who shouldn't be in there, go in there. It's really interesting, right? It's, mu it's much harder to become an MVP than it is to get into the Hall of Fame, if you think about it. You know, yeah, out of and, three. And with, and with baseball, it's almost the opposite. Like You have to have been all world. And, and, <clears throat> That's another thing too with these writers too. Like, you'll hear some writers say, "I get ten picks a year, but I'm only putting in one." Again, just um, like, can you imagine like being a basketball writer and like, I don't know, uh, it was time for like it's, it's Dwayne Wade, it's Kobe Bryant, LeBron James. But you decide to be coy with it. It's just like, no, nah, it'll be LeBron James year one, Kobe Bryant year two, and Dwayne Wade year three. It's just, you know, why? Again, because look at me, mom. I'm a baseball writer and I'm only putting in one because that's my gimmick. Um, yeah, the, I, some, something does have to be done. And I, I don't know if it was, I, I say must, like, like my life depends on it. Um, I would like it to be done because. Clearly, these are it, – it's weird, right? Like, what other media institution not only has a high horse like the baseball writers, but, like, um, take themselves this seriously that they're staunch with their worldviews like, like that? Like, so-and-so has to be a first ballot Hall of Famer or he's just a regular Hall of Famer, and I'm only putting one a year. Like, what other media institution would do something like that? It's, it's it's pretty crazy. It's only with baseball that we know of. Do you think this started with Pete Rose where because the commissioner said, okay, he's banned and all of a sudden it created this idea that we are now going to start setting moral like standards with like our own like artificial moral barriers for who we're going to decide is worthy to go in? And do you think that Yeah. Like, because I'm trying to think like whether there were other stories of the past, other other eras where they were just like, no, no, well, yeah, Shula, will not go well, in. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah, the Shoeless, yeah, that's right. Shoeless Joe probably had a lot to do with it, right? But again, like, you're talking about an era where, like, Babe Ruth was, like, the first player to make more than the president of the United States. Like, it's just, it's, it's not even, you know, my God, like, at least, like, think of it as, like, I, I think the game now should be thought of, like, post-1970s, I get it that people are still thinking about it in post-World War II, but um, no, I think it comes from a lot of these, a lot of these are beat writers. I think the criteria to be a baseball Hall of Fame writer is you just have to cover the beat for 10 years. 
and write nothing but except like you know this is the box score for you know Ken <laughs> King. And do you think that this is also a bit so compared to any other hall of fame we often hear about the baseball writers is it the baseball writers association i forget the name of it but it's like the baseball yeah. writers get to vote. We often hear them talked about NBA. I mean, the Basketball Hall of Fame votes. We actually don't know who votes. We don't know who votes for what. First, like, I, I don't know. I wonder if it's like when the medium becomes the message, when these writers, because they're being talked about, they've, they've inserted themselves into the story. They're no longer just voting. Absolutely. You know Absolutely. what I mean? That's what becomes Absolutely. part of it now. And, and how pathetic. Like Stephen A. isn't just talking basketball now. Now he wants to become the product. You know, all like that's what ESPN now is like. It used to be just we're just going to be covering sports, and this is what now all of a sudden people covering the sports become the personalities to have their own followings. You know, and that's okay, kind of what that, these writers would, but, are. But that would be like okay. Again, Stephen A. Smith might be a terrible baseball writer if we ever gave him that power, and if he had that kind of power in the NBA. So I, I don't know that. I will say this. How pathetic is it that you're a baseball writer, you're watching Barry Bonds, you know, become a pirate being, you know, he was cantankerous with Jim Leland. He was, you know, not a good teammate. He gets to um, Giants. He gets to San Francisco and, you know, just takes off. He never wins the World Series, but, you know, baseball's hard to win a World Series, uh, especially around one player. Um, but he, he does everything else. Um like, what are you doing? Like, are you watching? <laughs> are, are, are you watching Barry Bonds in the 90s and being like, oh, wow, Barry Bonds. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Now he's hitting all these home runs. Oh, my God. He's going to be up for Hall of Fame one year and I'm going to have the last lap. Like, how pathetic <laughs> do you have to be? So, uh, the fact that a system like that exists and there is no oversight is just. No. I don't know, man. Okay. It's, Here's what I want to ask you because is. Do you think, though, as much as we focus on the like the, what this means for the history of the game, do people care as much? Because I feel like when I was in the 90s, I cared a lot about who won MVP. So this goes also to your friend's idea about who's going to be the rookie of the year, who's going to be all defense or the defensive player of the year, et cetera, et cetera, of the NBA season, the season. I just don't care enough about – like, that's why I feel bad in a way. Like, I would have put effort into it. But I don't care who wins what. I don't care what people's stats are. I, I know that – in the past, it was like a moment when you see Allen Iverson hold up the MVP trophy. You'd see so-and-so get the Hall, like Ricky Henderson's Hall of Fame speech. Like that stuff really mattered to me when I was younger. And I feel like today in 2021, this stuff just doesn't matter as much. And I have a theory why. I think by and large, the majority of people don't look at awards and those kinds of credentials the same way that they used to. You're I don't think right. it has the same cachet. And I think the You're reason right. by and large is because these milestones were a way to etch a player's immortality, to wait for them to leave their mark. Because you're on network TV, there's four networks, you're playing, you may, your game may not be televised. And so you don't get to be seen, you don't get to be seen. So then, and then when the, when the season's done, you don't see them for three, four months because there's no coverage and there's no other way to pull up their content. Now, you just, you, if there's a really good dunk, it shows up on Instagram and you get to watch it whenever you want all the time. You're immortalized every single play and every single week, as long as you come up with a good one. And so, which is way more vivid in someone's, like it's way more um, striking to someone's senses right now than the idea in their head that someone got their names printed on a plaque in Springfield or Cooperstown. And so that's why I think 
the thing is when they're inundated with all these images over and over and over, like from multiple platforms, multiple medias all around the year, it's just that stuff will carry more currency than any of these milestones of hall of fame and MVP and all that stuff. It's like, like I'm trying to think of, um, there are some, just some amazing plays that we must have seen in the last few years that showed up on YouTube or on Insta by players who might have had that one highlight and will never make the hall of fame. But what about, they'll be yeah, like, uh, so what comes to mind is uh, like DeAndre Jordan dunking on um, Brandon Knight when he kills him in the see, midair, like yeah, something see, like that. See, that. That didn't do much for me. Actually, your boy, um, John Morant, that block. Oh, the block. Yeah, perfect. That, that, that like was like, and, and you know what? Why am I mostly invested in Morant? Because like you, you've been talking so, about him for like a couple just, years. I was just and, about to say he's not the best example because he's going to go into the Hall of Fame one day. Okay, but he's the best example for me because, like, you got me emotionally invested. He had a highlight play. And, like, again, you're right. You're, you're talking to the wrong guy. I see sports differently than, than others. I'm not I'm, – I'm, I'm quirky. I take issues with things that no one else takes issues with, and I'm nonchalant about, you know, James Harden coming in fat. Um, so it, I, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely different in, 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 in that regard. So, yeah, yeah like, like that – like that, that play was like awesome. Like that's the best thing I've seen in a long, long time. And like, Can, it's, it's better. It's, it's a better play in my head because like you had him pegged as like this, like mega. Yeah. You had him pegged as this, this talent that I never knew about. And so you point him up to me, you know, Stone Cold does his like WWE podcast, which is, which is a really tame job, but um, <laughs> occasionally he will get like really good interviews. So Dave Meltzer, like, yeah. You know, one of those guys that's a cautionary tale. It's just like, yeah, he's good for the sport, but man, he's got some terrible takes. Um, he basically what happened was when Harlem Heat got inducted into the Hall of Fame and Booker T became a two-time um, Hall of Fame, he shat on the fact that like, oh, Stevie Ray is going to be in the WWE Hall of Fame. Like, what does that say about the Hall of Fame, right? And Booker T took great offense to that, not because like, not because like his brother was like Hall of Fame worthy, but he was happy for his brother. And so what? It's a fluff Hall of Fame. It <laughs> makes the guy it makes the guy feel better. He's gonna get like he gets to wear a suit, he gets honored. They do the, the whole right, like you, or something, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you want to, like you've seen the WWE like Hall of Fame thing. It's like it's probably cool for the guys, especially if they've been out off TV for like 15 years. You know what I mean? So why would you like just shit on a guy because like you think he's like <laughs> like it's just one of those things that i would just keep like if i'm if i'm a wrestling journalist like he is and like and you know like honky tonk man got in like i think i never saw one good honky tonk match but it's just like you know who cares like let, let him have this hall of fame moment and if you have it really comes down if you have nothing nice to say don't say anything at all um so then I'm watching the Stone Cold podcast one day. And so, so, so that's the first day I saw Booker T really stick up for his brother and say, fuck you, Dave Meltzer. Like, stop being such a dick. Like, yeah, my brother wasn't, a, yeah, my brother wasn't like your Japanese Jushin Thunder Liger <laughs> caliber, but like, like, fuck you, right? Second thing I saw, um, Stone Cold Steve Austin had Diamond Dallas Page on. And he goes, Dallas, describe to me when you got the call about the Hall of Fame. 
And he starts talking about how he's with his daughter. And then Triple H calls him. And dude, Diamond Dallas Page is just getting worked up, disgusting. <laughs> it right and like you get emotional because like what do we know about diamond dollars page guy worked hard all his life got a late start he was in his mid to late 30s finally gets a push his back gets jacked up he fights through it he just absolutely maximizes his gimmick you're so happy for him and the fact that he cares enough about the hall of fame that it makes him choke up and he's appreciative of it makes me care about it i care because diamond dollars page cares so if well like, so hold on Let's park so, so the WWE Hall of Fame for a second. Talk to, let's talk so about these ba- Hall of Fames. If these baseball players and these basketball players care about the Hall of Fame and it's important to them, then it's important to me. If this is the bookmark of their careers and it means something to their families, maybe they got grandchildren now or their son like never got to see them play, but it can see them like talking about a speech and they're in front of their peers and they're telling stories. Then like, yeah, like that that's important to me. Like I'm I'm pro player. Why wouldn't I want to see a player have like you know the um the last chapter written that way? So I have this weird affinity for like players' careers ending in a certain way that's nice, even if they were a dick player. Like, um, strangely enough, I never liked Kevin Garnett, but you know yeah. I hear Kevin Garnett in like in like interviews now, and he's like kind of respected and all this. I think it's like good for you, Kevin Garnett. I thought you were a dick. I always wanted to see you snap your ankle in agony and like, on the floor, like 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 Sid, like, like Sid Vicious, you know, against Scott. Oh Simon. man, that was um, crazy. Yeah, like, like like I always wanted that for him, but it's just like like it's it's cool, man. Like yeah, I um I don't know, man. I'm, I'm definitely a different fish when it comes to that, but like yes, I I tend to like things, and then like put it this way i don't like aaron Rodgers, and this is well before this whole immunization crap ever came in i i can see myself liking aaron Rodgers like 10 years after his career starts being like man he was good man he was good and like we didn't appreciate him enough and and this stuff so for me i go through this with a lot of people um you know, I remember hating Josh Koscheck when he was like feuding with George St. Pierre, and then like he's like, I wanted, I wanted Josh to win like so many of his fights that he lost towards the end. It's just this weird thing that athletes do to me, where I don't like them, and then I just end up respecting them because they do something for me. They're either in a fight or, in a, or their career ends, and then you appreciate the athlete in them. And then I come to, I come to the ultimate realization: it's just sports. And at the end of the day, it's not all that serious, but it's serious to them because they've dedicated their lives to it. And why not give them a Hall of Fame moment? All right, man. I think that's good. Yeah, man. When you